sacred rituals, and a cosmic community to enchant your mystical life. This podcast feels like soulful conversations by the fire and under the desert stars, as if you are hanging with your best friends, talking about purpose, the cosmos, and the divine journey we are all on. My name is Anna Alic, and this is the Topanga Moon Podcast. just arrived back to LA after a couple days in the desert and if you don't know by this podcast <laughs> I'm kind of in love with the desert so it was an amazing time there we spent it with some new friends and really the my takeaway from it all and the most incredible experience I had this time going to the Joshua Tree area and we stayed in Landers which was unbelievable was that there is a real sense of community there and we were really invited in. We just met everyone for the first time through a friend who's actually on the podcast today but yeah we were welcome to stay in this incredible home with a pool overlooking the desert and had the most amazing five days just hanging out exploring the area. We uh, we went to Giant Rock, which is in Landers, which is all part of the Integratron kind of story and alien conventions, all that kind of stuff. You can look it up. Um, we went for dinner at Poppy and Harriet's. We hung out by the pool. We played games. We just really uh, enjoyed this community and got to know each other. And it was such an expanding moment for me because... I know it's a place that I want to move to. So to see all these, oh, and like at the same time, like, you know, a a new friend bought a a new place there and we went to go see it. So all of these examples of people buying property all around my age and just starting a new life there, creating um, this incredible community was such a beautiful message and just a confirmation that um, that can be possible for me too. So that was... I just loved every moment there and just, you know, soaked up everything that I could do while I was there. Um, Yeah, and so many special moments happened as well. We were in the autumn equinox. Uh, There was just such a strong, beautiful energy for everybody. And our guest today on the podcast is Ruben Bullock. And he is of Ruben in the Dark. And while we were there, something really special happened, which was unreal. And we have a real, I have a really funny story about kind of how it all came out. But he told us and he knew that his song was going to be used for the trailer of the new Breaking Bad movie, El Camino. And that was such a cool thing to find out, you know, uh, just a couple days I guess he's, I don't know if he's known for a while, but we just found out. Um, But there was no, we didn't know when it was going to be released. And we're kind of all waiting to to find out about that. And you just don't know how much of the song is going to be used, how the trailer is going to be put together, anything like that. And we, uh, he thought that it was going to be screened during the Emmys. And then just a teaser trailer came out. So anyways... We get to uh, Tuesday morning, and I'm just scrolling through my Instagram, and I follow Aaron Paul on Instagram, and I see that there was a new trailer posted, and I was like, oh, maybe this is the one that, you know, uses his song. So I start playing it, and all of a sudden, I hear his voice, so I run into the group, or like group of desert friends. We call each other DFFs, the desert friends forever. <laughs> and I was like, is this, is this him? Is this his song? And 
we all watch it and it is basically his song throughout the entire trailer and it almost like looks like a music video and we're all freaking out we're like does he know does he know that his song is in the trailer and it's out right now like uh somebody needs to tell him and he was still asleep in the room so our friend Stuart came up with this idea to uh put the trailer on each of our cell phones and then just start slipping the cell phone underneath the door to wake them up with this incredible news. So each one of us just slipped our phone underneath the door and it was like playing and it took him a while to like figure out what was going on. And that's how he received the news that his song was fully in the trailer and it's so amazing it's beautiful go check out the trailer if you haven't yet and you'll hear our guests incredible beautiful song on it and just so many exciting things uh we dubbed that day Ruben Day and just spent the day all celebrating together it was really really fun and magical and I do want to thank uh my new friend Shiva for just you know, inviting us all into her home and being the most gracious guest. She, there was like, I think 10 people at one point sleeping at her house and she, uh, she just wants everyone to come together and she really wants to help the community and help people find houses and just, uh, be the most amazing host I've ever met and just such a loving, beautiful soul. We've had, we had great conversations I was sad that we didn't get to spend more time together, but I know I'll be back and we'll be hanging again at the at the house or the compound, all of us desert friends back together. But yeah, so she was, she was really amazing and I just wanted to note that here on the podcast. And uh, I guess before we get into today's episode, which is really incredible, we really get into uh, Ruben as an artist, uh, a musician, but more than that, uh, the spiritual connection to music, his journey, and just both of our spiritual lessons that we've learned as artists. And, and that whole conversation is really amazing. And you get to hear a little bit more about um, the man behind the music, which is really great because he's so insightful and so wise beyond his beyond his years and has lived a very interesting life and but does it with such grace and he's so so humble and just takes everything with so much reverence and so much gratitude and that's why I really believe that his he's he has this ability to magnify kind of all these manifestations because of his deep sense of gratitude and knowing that, you know, um, he's a channel for his music and uh, for his art and the purpose behind it is so pure that it's almost like the universe is like, we're going to celebrate you. We're going to gift you with all these things because you get it, you know. Um, he really is such an incredible person and getting to know him over the past couple of days has been amazing to see uh, just this other side of him and as a friend and you know, in, you know, this incredible place in Joshua Tree or in around Joshua Tree. And it was, it was amazing. We had, we had the best time, but I really do, uh, love this conversation. It inspired me. And I really think that, uh, it's a, just a beautiful testament to an artist's life, whatever kind of artist you are. And yeah, I do have one more thing uh, to let you know about. I have a moon party coming up. Tickets aren't on sale yet because I'm still working the details out because it's going to be a bigger event, which I'm really excited about. And it's going to be on October 27th at Common People Shop in Toronto. So I know that part, (laughs) but just want to give you a heads up if you're thinking, if you're in the Toronto area and you want to come to this really, really amazing, mystical, magical moon party on the 27th. It's gonna, there's gonna be some uh, some new things that I don't usually do at the moon parties and gonna extend it out to include more people, kind of more of a party style, but really celebrating that time um, closer to Halloween and 
there's a lot of fun things I have planned, so I just wanted to let you know about that. But yeah, let's get into today's episode with Reuven Bullock of Reuven in the Dark. <laughs> um, all right, welcome back to the Topanga Moon podcast. It's kind of crazy because today is a very monumental day for myself. <laughs> Because I have Ruben here, who's an amazing uh, new friend and musician and artist. But we are recording this episode in the Joshua Tree area. And since the beginning of the inception of this podcast, that has been my dream. So I thank you, Ruben, for coming on to do this episode with me my dream episode just filming out here in the desert we're at your friend's place this is amazing just like amazing eclectic interesting <laughs> cabin location in Landers um and Landers is also a really really beautiful place but yeah Ruben Bullock is here um he is of Ruben in the Dark amazing musician I'm so excited for you to be here so thank you for coming on yeah well thank you very much for having me so um, I just wanted to start with kind of like where we're at right now. I know that Joshua Tree, this area, holds a lot of sacred meaning to me. And getting to know you after, you know, the last couple of days, I know it's such a special place for you. So I want to hear about, you know, what your connection to this land is, what kind of brought you here the first time, and this like incredible community that you fostered here all the way in like Joshua Tree when we're, you know, both Canadians. So I'm just curious to hear what you think about this place. Well, um, I found it by accident or at least without intention. Um, I guess the first time, maybe four years ago, I was touring with a band from Los Angeles and became pretty good friends with uh, the singer Bradley. Um, and the band at the time was called No that he was in and he kind of when we stopped the tour just had this open offer of like hey come visit you can stay with me in LA anytime you want um, and I don't even recall what it was that made me reach out to him uh, but I did and he said oh I've actually moved outside in this place called Yucca Valley mm. um, I knew I knew nothing about it and uh, and I had to be in LA for something so I kind of just flew out and met him and spent uh, a, a week at his place, and at that point, maybe like realized where where I was. Like I didn't even know it was close to Joshua Tree. I didn't know anything about the desert. Mm -hmm. um, I'd only ever been to Los Angeles, not even Palm Springs. Um, and that first trip for me, there have there haven't been too many places where I've like st put my feet on the ground and been like felt like I belonged there. Mm -hmm. Like there's something about the energy here that is super grounding. Um, and that was almost, there's always been a culture here. Lately it's been changing and there's been a lot of people moving out here, a lot of artists. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I feel like he was the only guy, especially in this area, uh, that I knew or knew of that that was kind of in the same world as me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like, you get a lot of crazy people out here too. There can be a lot of, um, you know, like Republican. Yeah, um, there's definitely a... Hick kind of... Uh, yeah gun gun wielding a difference here. <laughs> like a polarity <laughs> is what i want to call it mm -hmm. and i think that like that those people have have grown up here and 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 have like history here but the people that move here are really drawn to whatever it is there's this kind of like secret the desert keeps um and i'm not even sure what it is but i think people keep coming here and and then move here to just figure to figure that out but it's something that's yeah, it's, some, it's something that's just in the soul. Mm, I love that. And I love that idea of people first resonating with this place in a way and then not understanding why and then having mm -hmm. to come back to answer that question, to answer that call, like why am I being called to a place? And that's what I always think about, you know, every place. Sometimes we've never even been to a certain place and you just feel so drawn to it, you know? You feel yeah. like this, you know just insatiable desire to be there and even like the last couple of days that we've spent here it's just like there's this feeling and you can't 
And when you're in it and when you're like really resonating with it, you know it and you mm-hmm. feel it and you're like, okay, for whatever reason, like I know my, my soul is supposed to be here. Um, but I do want to hear a little bit more about this community that mm-hmm. you fostered here um, because it's, it's a really beautiful one. And I think even the idea of community within music as well, like I want to hear what you think about the community here that you've created and the community that you're continuously growing um, and especially through your music as well. Mm. I mean, I, w- I, would, I would say that I've kind of stepped in more than, mm. than created. Um, and I feel like grateful to just have, have friends out here. But it is a place that, like Bradley especially, kind of has this very hot, hospitable attitude. Like he's, he's an amazing host. Mm. And, um, and people feel very welcome. So it's kind of, it's kind of become a hub. Um, of yeah, just artists and musicians and, and and people coming through. Like I brought the band out here a couple of years ago, and that was an amazing experience. Just mm-hmm. to like have all the guys relaxing in the desert, you know, um, on days off from a tour. There's 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 something about like um, I mean, you see strange things bring people together in the desert um and i think when you spend enough time out here you just you start to tap into that and it kind of becomes a part of your of your culture of your lifestyle like even even you guys coming out is is a very similar thing to you know how i first came out here you come out you you're kind of received you um you you realize how open and friendly and inviting everybody is mm-hmm. and also like the depth of everyone's personalities like everyone is so like the people that end up out here tend to be really interesting Mm -hmm. and tend to be here for a reason um it's a place you kind of go to search your soul Mm -hmm. and it's a place that you go to you know when when you're looking for peace um like there's every time i explore i find these like other areas just where like you have like slab city is really close uh salvation mountain Mm -hmm. there's um like these crystal caves in uh, in Yucca Valley, uh, where you behind those are these people, and there's more and more and more and more um, these very like where people have made these public displays of just like kind of ridiculous art, you know. But that comes from this kind of place of like artist where artist and like madman uh, collide. Mm. It's very normal to see out here something that you wouldn't see anywhere else in the in the world. And you're like, oh, that's that's like a crazy a crazy person um, <laughs> yeah. has like built a mountain and 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 hand painted it or yeah. collected just like thousands of crystals and made this paper mache cave and um, yeah, there's there's something there's something about there's a community in like the desert is like a community the desert is like the host the desert yeah. is like uh, is who kind of invites everyone and makes them feel welcome and it brings all types but. Uh, but for the most part, it's just really interesting, really interesting people. Yeah. And there is something about the landscape here is so beautiful in such a unique, interesting way that even when you have like just random things like thrown around mm-hmm. like a house, like collecting all these weird antiques or whatever it may be, it just always fits in. Like there's this weird aesthetic that just always looks beautiful, always looks cool no matter where you go it's just like you can't you can't escape like the beauty of this place like visually and in such a like spiritual um essence as well and I think that's why you know you took us to the giant rock the other day which was you know the host to a lot of like the alien conventions and uh the man who created the integratron and I even stepped into this little like cave area where where apparently he slept is what you told me um but there's yeah it's just that that energy of bringing and then I think a a land and a a place holds the people's energies of all the people that have come here before so it's like those seekers Mm -hmm. you know so there's definitely that idea of people seeking for something for a stronger connection and that's what's drawn so many people with in terms of you know, connecting to aliens, mm. <laughs> whether it be that or, you know, the universe or whatever you want to call it. But, um, yeah, it's a land for the seekers. But 
before we get into kind of more of your music and more of the work that you do and just, you know, the things that you love, I want to hear a little bit about your cultural upbringing, how that led you to music, kind of like, you know, what mm. kind of formed you to this moment. It doesn't have to be your whole life story, <laughs> but um, it's true. I'm still getting to know you, which is really amazing. And I've gotten to know you a couple for the last couple of days, which has been really beautiful. But yeah, I don't really even know where, like, where are you from? And kind of like, what, what, uh, what sparked that like musical journey for you? Well, um, being an artist is, is, is kind of a, a, a new thing to me. I think it's like, at least calling myself an artist. Um, when I was younger, I didn't really listen to music. I didn't really, I didn't play any music. Uh, I played drums with like my, my brother. We had a little band. Uh, I never sang. Um, I grew up riding a skateboard, which uh, may sound like a, uh, a polar opposite thing of, of being a musician, but that kind of taught me a lot of things about um, about expression and heart and um, and determination and self-motivation is like all of those things is this real DIY um, attitude with skateboarding um, that if you understand it you can use that to really do anything you want um, when I was but when I was doing that like it wasn't a, a, like a soul satisfying thing in its like entirety mm -hmm. so I was I was doing a lot of writing um, probably from like first year in high school, I started just writing poems and sentences and I would just love finding words that meant something to me that, or that would make me think something. So I, I just would fill up notebooks of all of the stuff that served no, no purpose, like no purpose at all. I didn't want to really read them to anybody. I didn't want to share them. I never thought about, you know, doing a poetry book or I did try to do an open mic night once where I did like spoken word poetry. <laughs> Just because I wanted to express it, but then I did it, and yeah. I was like, "This is not. This is not. Not for me." Um, so when I was uh, maybe twenty years old, I moved to Thailand, and I was teaching English. And my brother, like, gave me his guitar, and, and this, and a Cat Stevens songbook. Um, so while I was there, I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna learn how to play guitar." Wow. And um, I got about two chords into that that book, and just gave up. Because, didn't give up. I, I got two chords in and realized that's all you needed to write a song. So instead of learning how to play guitar, I learned two chords, <laughs> didn't learn a single Cat Stevens song, Amazing. and just started writing song after song after song. Like it just opened up this this well that kind of hasn't hasn't stopped since. Wow. Um, it's like me understanding you can marry those two things, like words and music. Mm. It it just like it clicked. It's like that's what I've been writing this whole time. Yeah. I've been writing songs. Like I didn't realize I was writing songs. Um, so that was a really exciting discovery, and it just lit this fire in me. And yeah, the fire really it hasn't it hasn't gone out. It's just been like getting bigger and bigger as years yeah. go on. That's an, that's such an interesting story, and I I think it goes down to like the alchemy of words, and that's really what sparked it for you of, of mm -hmm. finding that. Um, that connection to writing, that connection to the words of it and starting there, almost going in, in your own unique direction to the music, mm -hmm. you know, not a traditional path, which I think is such a, a testament for, you know, you to just be following the pings of your soul. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Following the things that just like light you up and um, not having anything have to look a certain way Yeah. to be a creative. Right. And have to be a certain way yeah. to be an artist. And I think that kind of trips a lot of people up. Yeah. We were talking about this the other day about like having a dream is scary. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Because then it's like, oh, but, you know, the, there's, a, there's usually this traditional way of going to attaining a dream yeah. that we're used to or that we've yeah. seen. But I think it's really beautiful when we hear stories of, people who have just kind of gone with their intuition, mm -hmm. you know, and just followed something in yeah. whatever it is that's like truthful for them. Yeah. And it's almost like you, your truth and you're following your own desires um, 
like the end goal was never probably just to be like, oh, I want to like be this like no yeah. musician, whatever. It's just like that's the byproduct of you mm-hmm. just following your own truth, mm-hmm. you know. So I love that. Yeah, you, uh, you. I mean, not not to say that I'm reluctant at all in the career that I've I've now you know developed, but it wasn't my intention. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was really that was really strong for me. A very strong way to start. Uh, I was I was talking to to someone a couple of days ago about one of the most important things in in songwriting is learning to form your own opinion on what you do, um, because it can be a really dangerous thing outsourcing opinions for really personal stuff. I mean, I think it's good to bounce things off friends and people you trust and respect and say, "Hey, what do you think of this?" and take notes. And but there's this core. This this is core, um, the essence of what you do has to come from the inside and it can't be measured against mm-hmm. something else. And that's the hardest thing to develop um, is where you, when you do something and you know that it's good because um, you, you have to or else you're going to be constantly following things. Um, and with me, I didn't, when I wrote my first song, I didn't even know enough about music to know. I didn't try to write a song that sounded like somebody else. I just wanted a song that sounded like the words that I had on the mm-hmm. on the paper, you know. Yeah. It, it, I, I didn't pick up a guitar, guitar and be like, I want to be like Bob Dylan yeah. or, or, or whoever, you know. Um, I probably could have learned from that, having modeled what I wanted to do after someone that was already doing it and doing it well. But yeah. I think that the fact that I entered into it so naive really helped me form my own opinions on what I do because I would base it on whether or not it felt really good like if it gave me goosebumps, if it made me kind of, if it stopped me in my tracks when I was writing something and I would, I would write something and sing it and then I would stop and kind of get like shivers or something. That was how I started measuring songwriting and, and whether or not what I was doing was good. Um, and that didn't always translate to people like, like, hey, what do you think of this song? And someone's like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And that was the same thing that gave me shivers. Um, you have to learn how to trust that and take it to the next step because a lot of times art takes a moment to resonate with people mm. it's not this immediate thing that you can say hey listen listen to this chorus do you think it's good oh you don't think it's good okay I'll, I'll rewrite it and then what do you think of this chorus you don't think it's good and then you rewrite an entire song and chances are like a year or two goes by and that same person is try is like oh you remember that that chorus thing you showed me years ago you know like that's still stuck in my head yeah. but it would have been this thing that they said they didn't like at the time you know and you would have yeah. changed your song and and that, that happens all of the time. You, you never know when you're catching somebody when you're asking for an opinion. And I got, I've got caught up in that like later in life when you kind of, because I ended up in this whole industry that I had no intention of joining, you know. Mm-hmm. All, I, all I did was write songs in my bedroom and that was the purpose of it, mm-hmm. to write songs in my bedroom. Like, yeah. You know, that was, the, yeah. that, was, that was what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't writing songs to be a touring artist or to make an album or to, you know, play these big shows or mm-hmm. I was just doing it because it, that's what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So having a guy like me, like end up all of a sudden in this industry where there's a million opinions and, and so many people that are so talented that you could measure yourself against, it can become a really tricky thing to navigate. Yeah. If you're not grounded in understanding what it is that you do truly, what it means to you and, um, and your own kind of tools to measure it. Mm, I love that. And I feel like that's such a parallel to what we're talking about coming to a place like Joshua Tree. Mm. Like you're brought here, you're led here, and then you figure it out. Mm-hmm. And then you figure out like why it's called you, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you find your own place in it. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. Um, now talking about you have a new album that's mm-hmm. out. Almost. Almost out. Depending Almost on, out. Depending on when this airs. Okay. <laughs> well, this will air on Wednesday, so. So it will be it will be out on October twenty fifth. Okay. But um, there is some music kind of being being advanced streamed from it right now. Okay. So yes, that's I've heard the the mm-hmm. songs that are that are out. Mm-hmm. Um, and you did something really interesting on your on your Instagram, and you asked people um, what the you know, the title of your album, which is Unlove, like what mm. that meant to them. And I'm so curious to know, like, which answers 
really just like hit you Mm -hmm. the most and what affected you and maybe even like change your perception of what it meant to you and kind of the the journey that or like what sparked that um the usage of of those words for you Mm -hmm. you know yeah this is an interesting one the where that came from specifically when you when you make an album there's so many other things involved in it after the thing is done like the first thing you have to do is uh you need these like artist statements you need um press quotes you need pull-out quotes from the artist you need you know um all of this marketing and campaign asset material um and i've always been really uncomfortable with that uh, and i've always been really vulnerable about people asking me because they're like you know, hey, what's the concept behind this album? What's this song about? Can you give us a paragraph about mm. about this? Um, and I'm always like sitting at a page, being like, I don't, I don't know. And then, I, and then immediately, I feel vulnerable. But I'm like, oh man, other artists would just know, you know. Um, <laughs> but I've accepted, I've accepted the fact that a lot of the things that I do, I don't understand for a while. It takes time. It's like, it's like, um, it's like having a baby. And someone being like, oh, what's your, what's your uh, What's your baby boy like? You're like, wow, awesome, but I don't know yet. You know, like, mm. you have to give it. You have to give it a while. Like, um, that comparison. Yeah, and I think I think it, it really is that way. And and um, so I'm tr- I'm trying to put together like, you know, what's this mean to you? And what's this about? And where did this come from? And um, so putting that out to the Instagram world and saying, what does this mean to you? It felt like two things. Um, one, I generally care how people react to it on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Um, I want it to be a specific thing, but I understand I don't have control over it. So I think I wanted to measure just the emotional reaction that those words had in preparation for releasing it and maybe the vocabulary that I choose to use to talk about it. Um, and the other side was that my opinion on it wasn't fully formed. And I felt really vulnerable about putting an album out where the reason I, I, I loved those two words beside each other was because I, they confused me. Um, and, that was, and that became a theme on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, concepts that I had become really used to and familiar with, whose meanings flipped. Mm-hmm. And I put a, about 100 words after that prefix on, and, and unconventional words, ones where you would, you would hear it and you wouldn't really, you could understand what it was not, but you couldn't really place it with another, another definition. Mm. Um, and when I got to unlove, as far as me shuffling through, you know, unhold, unfear, uncry, you know, mm. unsing, um, unlove just kind of struck me. And I guess it's the same thing I was talking about earlier, you know, it gave me, it gave me shivers. Mm. And uh, it's, it's not... I think that's a lot of like weight to put on an artist to be like, well, why did it give you shivers? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's just it like just it did. just did. <laughs> it just did. And can that not be enough? Like, I will tell you, I will tell you all about it a year from now when I've sat with this music, when I've performed it every night, when I've mm. I've sung the lyrics over and over and over, and I've and I've changed the way that I felt, and I've watched people change the way they feel, and you know, when I see people move to it and react to it, when I move to it and react to it, I think that's the time I, f- I feel like uh, this whole marketing campaign would work so much better a year after the album is out. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, re- I'm ready to do interviews now. We're yeah, like, let's yeah. go. Ask me what song number two is about. I got it, you know. <laughs> but in advance, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very hard. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot to figure out when, especially you've just birthed all of this new music and art that's so close to you mm-hmm. to then have to be able to talk about it, um, you know, uh, with, with people that don't really know too much about you and don't really care and they're kind of just looking for an interesting um, pull quote for, uh, for an article, mm-hmm. you know, to just post on Twitter and, and yeah. hope someone clicks on it. Um, yeah. But I guess getting, getting back to how I reacted to people's reactions, um, I was really touched by it. And it, it opened up a lot of things in my understanding. Um, I didn't anticipate it having such negative emotional reactions. Mm. Not in a, in a bad way by any means, but, you know, it brought up a lot of pain. 
it brought up a lot of pain and suffering and and uh and i mean i get i get that for sure um but unloved me is full of love it's it's there's there's a lot of beauty it's um it's somewhere in between things that you understand and it's not it's not the opposite of love it's not anti-love um it's different love um but someone pointed out that I may take credit for in the future that they they thought I, they thought it was like a puzzle and they solved it and they did solve it but I didn't set the puzzle up uh, and said what it says is undivided love like you know how it's uh, how it's written okay and, I uh, just got goosebumps when yeah, you said yeah, that yeah. that's really beautiful oh I also mm-hmm. love the idea that you. You don't really need to have it all, all the answers for everyone right now. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of like, I'm putting this out, but it's going to take some time to really percolate into, and it's going to shift and it's going to change and it's going to um, evolve and it's going to be this dance and this like, you know, energetic exchange once you start playing the music and it's going to maybe change every night and not having to. Mm-hmm give people everything right mm-hmm. away because why do we have to do that mm-hmm. you know so I really love that and then the puzzle piece yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to take that yeah no and I figure that stuff out all the time too like there'll be I'll have these kind of these moments where, where my mind will just be blown where I, I'll, I'll understand something I'm saying for the first time you know which is a funny it's a funny thing to experience yeah. as a writer and especially when you're so close to everything you do and to to sing something and just one night it clicks and you you realize what you wrote it about. Um, I think I think that is why there are lots of artists that have very intentional um, topics and concepts that they cover in songs, and those are a lot easier to just convey and to speak about. Um, but I'm not that kind of writer. I don't sit down and say, "Okay, today I'm going to write a song about a revolution." You know, yeah. I I literally I write every single day, and I spend a lot of time in my in my head kind of letting these concepts and words marinate until they feel like they're at a place where they could become a song. But when it really happens, it's a a very natural flow where I get out of the way of whatever I'm doing. Like I truly, if if I'm really submersed in a song, I'll lay on the floor as close to the ground as I can, you know, play my guitar on my chest and have one hand kind of like jotting down lyrics in a notebook, not trying to think about what I'm doing, just like, getting to that spot where you're finally not thinking and you can just write. Mm. Um, so I don't put anything on those lyrics until until I understand them myself. I feel like they're gifts from whatever it is that inspires you, whatever your muse or your god or your whatever you want to call it that kind of gives you these moments of clarity with art. Um, the first step is just documenting it, is like getting it out, you know? It's not understanding it. If you have this overwhelming feeling of you're like, oh, here's a song, I can feel it coming, the last thing I would do is say, like, well, I need to understand this first. Mm. You know, there's things you just don't understand and you need to you need to channel. Um, so that, I think that's 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 why with, with me I'm I've I've kind of just come to terms with the fact that it's okay it's okay if I can't answer a question that would maybe sound strange to an interviewer when I can't tell them what a song is about. You yeah. know, that's not my problem. I've, I've done my job already. My, yeah. job, my job is not to understand it and explain it to somebody. My job is just to write it and sing it. Yeah. Um, I love that you use the word channel mm. because I really believe that um, ideas are living things mm-hmm. and they can kind of like knock on our specific door. Mm-hmm. And once we're in the receptive mode of it, we can really channel it through us Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason it chose to Mm -hmm. be channeled through us and to honor that and like you said not get in the way and Mm -hmm. and just like let it be whatever it whatever it is for you yeah no I definitely think about I mean whatever you want to call it ideas is is one for sure but being almost more than a living thing um in in uh I mean it's like an entity it I guess it is, yeah, a living thing is just another way to, to explain it. But I try to have relationships with my ideas. Mm-hmm. I try to have relationships with the source of my ideas. I try to maintain a relationship with the source of 
inspiration for whatever that is for me, for whoever that is. So when you feel inspired, like imagine it's a conversation, um, that in inspiration is a muse or an angel or a god or, you know, some spirit in the sky, the clouds or something. Um, you're, 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 you're given something, um, you know, a thought, an idea, a concept, something that, that gives you shivers and, and you're like, okay, this is, this is big. I need to, I need to do something with this. Um, what are you, what are you going to do with it? Imagine that, 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 that muse, that, that like source of inspiration is a living being, is an entity. Um, they're watching what you do with it. So that you're given a gift of inspiration. Um, for one, how, how, carefully are you going to hold that? How diligently? How much work are you going to put into developing it? And then what are you going to give back to the sky? Back to the muse? Back to the the god or wherever it came from? So to receive another gift when you need it next. Um, and that's kind of, I think, why I spend so much time writing it. If, if this like mystery spirit gives me songs, I want to make sure that they know that I'm always kind of ready and I'm always working towards it. And if they give it to me, I'll make the most of it and I'll make that, I'll make that spirit proud. Um, but it is kind of like being in conversation and I think really choosing a life as an artist is like, is a commitment to saying like, whenever it happens, like I'll be, I'm, I'm ready. Like I'm working as an artist. I'm, I'm in that emotional space. I'll take care of myself spiritually enough that when I have an idea, I can develop it and it can be profound and thoughtful and provoking or whatever whatever an artist, you know, should be doing with those kind of ideas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I love the idea of um, just you're always going to be taking care of for the next step. Mm. If you, it really is just like following what lights you up and whatever that may be, because I think that's what our unique gifts are and what our unique, I guess, if you want to say purpose, you know, um, Maybe that's part of that journey, but um, knowing that that container is going to be taken care of because you're always in that like receptive mode. You're like, mm. okay, okay, universe, okay, God, or whoever, mm. um, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. And that's um, a big part of that is like taking care of yourself mm. and, and pouring that love back into yourself and however that spiritual practice is, you know, for you. And And I know we talked about um, this amazing silent meditation retreat mm. that you're on. So I kind of want to hear about that because right. I think it yeah. ties into you taking like care of your, your being mm. so that you can be that, that, that channel and that, um, that conduit for more of that, you mm. know, the gifts that you're going to be receiving, you know? Yeah. 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 I think balance is a super important part of being an artist because you have to be able to sustain, you know, and sustaining, is kind of keeping this fine line. With me, what drives me quite often is trouble, is turmoil, is, um, is pain, is grief, sorrow, or suffering. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that really move the needle with me when it comes to writing. For some reason, I, I always have the ability to, to dig into that. Mm -hmm. And living too long in those feelings can really have a negative effect on your life. Um, it truly can. I mean, my, my work and my intention is to is to take sorrow and and turn it into into joy, into bliss, into love, and be able to experience those two things simultaneously, um, which, which is kind of similar to what you do in a Vipassana retreat um, in an interesting way. Um, it's called being equanimous, I suppose, and understanding that, yeah, equanimity is understanding that feelings are just sensations you know um they're the same any feeling is just a sensation and and getting to a point where pain is no different than love is no different than being hungry or itchy it's all it's all just sensation um and that's really helped my my mindset with all of this stuff because i can dwell longer on fear and and suffering and darkness and it and it not be it not be any different than than uh, than excitement and and inspiration and love um 
when you're moving through all of that stuff as you channel it, you just experience it. And that's similar to my songwriting too. Like I, I try to just experience the things as they're happening and not pay too much mind to what they are and just flush them out and let them pass through me. Um, but Pasana, for anyone that doesn't know, is uh, it's a 10-day silent meditation retreat. And I did it in rural Quebec for the first time last year. Um, it's an incredible experience. Came at a time where I, I needed to just regain some control over my mind and emotions. I felt like I had let them run so wild that I had, I had lost the ability to have this clear communication between my, my head and my heart. I felt like that line had been severed through different lifestyle decisions and 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 some situations that were just really complicated and confusing and it kind of just put me in this in this space which i mean i'm often in of like what is life who, who am i yeah um, the desert questions the desert questions yeah so i i yeah i i went uh i went to to rural quebec um to, you know to find to find my desert there and it was the most challenging thing i've ever done in my life absolutely um it was very difficult to get through the whole thing. During it, I was like, between being traumatized and enlightened, I experienced like all of it. Like moments of complete bliss, of surrender, of like, you know, like astral projecting out of body, <laughs> crazy. And also just excruciating pain, profound boredom, um, you know, all of it, like all of it in the same. And the, the process, the meditation there is really to not get too excited about any of it because um, it's all the same. You know, you're, you're, in, you're, you're bored out of your mind or you're having the most profound out-of-body experience you've ever had. Both of those things are the same. Like, it's like, big deal. Experience it. Let it pass through you. Um, and that is a very difficult thing, especially in our day and age where you want to, like, hang on so, de so dearly to the things that you know. And, and that tends to be things that hurt. You know, because you're so familiar with it. Mm -hmm. You're so familiar with pain that, like, letting go of pain is like letting go of, like, a really close friend, mm -hmm. you know. Pain in my life has been like a mother, you know. It's taught me so many things that for me to let go of pain is like, why? But it's my, I have this motherly relationship with, with it um, where I'm its child, you know. Uh, it can be very difficult to, to, to break the kinds of relationships we have with the feelings that we experience. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Especially if they're, um, you're so used to it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's all you it's know. Just, um, it's a constant, you know, story or, or loop or yeah. breaking away from that to have a different experience. Yeah, and it hurts too. Like doing that stuff hurts. Mm -hmm. It's like what you, you kind of have to walk through it. You have to walk through a fire sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you don't always know it is on the other side of the fire. Yeah. You know, you're like, I, am I going to risk getting burned to find out what's on the other side of the fire? Um and I'm trying to do that these days as much as I can. Um, but yeah, scary, scary stuff. Yeah. Same as having a dream. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great, okay, so now you're curious. So it's like, you have a dream, what are you going to do about it? Now, you're curious about what's on the other side of the fire, okay? You know how to get there. Yeah. Um, I love that when you were saying in the Vipassana, um, all, all of it is the same. Mm -hmm. you know your highest highs your lowest your lowest all those emotions are all the same and there's this idea that I think we have um also don't mind the desert noises <laughs> I really wanted to record outside because I, I I feel like it was just the right thing to do and I just really love hearing the desert around us while we have this conversation because that's what we've been doing for the past couple of days but um yeah, this idea that, you know, a lot of people have, like, when you reach this certain destination, then you'll feel good. Mm -hmm. It's this always, like, reaching into the future um, to feel the feelings that we all have access to right now, mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's, like, probably a huge discovery that you had um, in that meditation, you know? Because you're not, and while you're in it for the 10 days, it's like, you don't have to reach a certain, mm -hmm. you know, there's no goal like it yeah. you know yeah what do you think of that yeah definitely that that's 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 a way of of understanding and living life that's like a that's a practice that uh it's very difficult to ground yourself in that 
in that lifestyle, you know, because you're always looking at it. It's so hard. It's so hard for us not to just do that. But yeah, I just, and I, I think, uh, to speak more on that too, like change, you know, everything is constantly changing. So even though we want to grab onto these things and these ideas and our goals and our destinations and to understand how much change is happening in like every present moment and then to multiply that by, you know, an hour passing and then a day and a week and a month and us like putting these unrealistic expectations on ourselves and on future goals and like we can do all of that stuff in, in moments. It's the cliche like one day at a time or one hour at a time or one thing at a time. Um, that's really a way, a, a, a way, a way to live, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone's just trying to do that, like the whole, like the moment, the now, the, the present. Um, mm -hmm. Vipassana is really amazing for that, yeah, because it forces you to just like sit there, <laughs> and that's that's what it is. It's like be present, you know. Yeah. That's that's be, all. That, that's be it. With yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to be, not yeah. to go somewhere, not to take it and do something with it, not to. It just, it just be, just be present. Yeah. So. Um, after having a lot of discussions with people this about this year, for some reason, this 2019 has been really a huge transformative year for people. It's been mm. uh, a challenge in the most beautiful way, a challenge mm. to really kind of up level. And there's this, it almost feels like there's like this new paradigm in this like conscious sense that we're moving into, especially going into 2020. And I've had my own experiences with that, of it being like really a year of like, letting go of all the things I always thought were expected of me and that I should do and really mm -hmm. moving into the space and having that kind of like, you know, living with fear, sitting with fear, mm -hmm. allowing fear to be at the table while I pursue things that are, I know I, I, I want to be in, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious what this year has presented for you. Have you felt this kind of like, new paradigm as I like to call it um and what yeah what has this year brought for you it's been a hard year very very hard um lots of heaviness lots of um lots of things you know um it's like we were walking in Joshua Tree Park yesterday and I was trying to figure out I often like look at nature and wonder what it's teaching you just in a simple way you know um, what you can learn from it and walking around the desert is this the desert isn't a welcoming place in its uh, landscape everything here is sharp everything here can hurt you um, you have to be very careful just walking around from you know being out in the sun too long to you know getting bit by a rattlesnake or you know st stepping on a cactus or everything is guarded everything is um, is hard and uh, I was really, really contemplating like what that means because pe people people live here and you adapt to that surrounding and you can still walk through the, the desert with grace. Um, and that I think the last year of my life has been me walking, me learning how to walk through the desert. Mm -hmm. You know, it's um, for the first time I've really been experiencing like, I guess, sharp objects. <laughs> yeah. pe people, you're like, ooh, that one's sharp. That one can hurt, you know. I need to be careful of this. It doesn't mean I don't walk here. It means I pay attention to what's around me. Re relate relationships that are unhealthy, um, sur surroundings that are toxic, um, situations that are bigger than you and you have to surrender to. And you're like, okay, I, I'm not climbing that. I'm going around it. Um, and that's that's definitely been the year for me. Uh, and that paradigm shift you talk about is super familiar too. I've spent a lot of time. Uh, running away from my feelings, not running away, but just avoiding, you know, in this, re in, in what I always thought was a very like charismatic way, like <laughs> this dance where you're just, yeah. you're really close to your emotions, but they're not yours. And you're kind of, you, you have this delicate relationship with them where you don't let them overwhelm you. And you, and if they're leading you to a place that doesn't feel sustainable, you're like, okay, well, that's not, that one's not coming in. And this last year for me is, has been very much putting it all on the table. Like, I am this. I am full of fear. Okay, but you shouldn't be full of fear and this and that. The voices in your head, you're like, well, regardless of that, I am full of fear. So be it, you know. That's the reality. Uh, why? Let's deal with it. Let's figure it out. 
sit with it long enough that if you just admit it and you stare it in the face, that's the way to to go through it. That's the way to deal with it. Or else you can just dance with fear for your whole life and never confront it. It's like having the whatever, like monster in the closet. You can live your life always having a monster in your closet where you can open the closet. It might be a monster and it might and you might have to move rooms. That's a very real thing. It's not always just this thing where you open the, the closet door and you're like, oh, it wasn't a monster. It was a dress or a Halloween costume or whatever it is that, you know. Sometimes you open the closet door and there is a real life monster in it and you need to do something. Um, but sometimes it is it is just a figment of your imagination. And opening that door is, uh, is a very good way to just clear it out. Um, but with me, I feel like opening the door, yeah, I found that there, there's, there was a monster in my closet. And I was like, all right. So what are you going to do? <laughs> run, <laughs> run, <laughs> run for, run for the first moment. That's the first thing you do. Run, get, you know, whatever. I mean, talking about this, this metaphor is going very deep. Now. <laughs> yeah. Monster being, it. being fear and a source of fear and, and the, 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 the need to, to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, you know, doing that scary thing of like really looking it in the face and seeing what is this, what is this thing? And what do I really have to do to make sure that I am healthy and safe and balanced and, um, so I can't keep this thing just like out of sight, out of mind any longer. Yeah. All sorts of emotions too, not just not just fear, all of them. And I think we're we're all kind of like really being challenged this year because like the world needs us to all face our mm-hmm. quote unquote monsters um, to shift into just really being more loving to ourselves, more loving to other people, more loving to our planet. Like so many, so many things are being revealed in such a big way for us to move through it and to, to really not hide anymore, to not, mm-hmm. you know, bypass the, the work that needs to be put in mm-hmm. right now. It's like our, our, our planet needs it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love that. Um, so I'm going to end the podcast with something I like to call cosmic pings. Okay. <laughs> it's a very cosmic podcast, okay? Um, so I want you to just, whatever it is that, like, first, you know, when I'm I... Stuck I s- at this game. I'm so bad at it's a, It's not, it's not much, it's, it's not a rapid fire. It's more of, like, um, just kind of like a completing the sentence and whatever kind of came to you first with your, your first instinct. Um uh, a place in the world that holds the most resonance for me is mm, the sky. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, silence to me is peace. I love that. The universe is <laughs> everything. <laughs> so simple. Everything. Yeah. Uh, aliens are um, great. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> aliens are the kinds of people I would like to, like to meet one day. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, the music that has impacted me the most this year was. I think I'm. I'm not even going to say bands, but just music that comes from the heart. I love that. I love that. My favorite thing in the desert to do is? Walk. Just walk. And finally, love is? <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how, do you, how do you finish that sentence? I don't know. Um, love is something that I will continue to live with and spend a life trying to understand. I think. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Ruben. Thank you. It's been amazing to just chat with you in my favorite place, in what I assume is your favorite place, <laughs> to have that together. And, to, and thank you for welcoming us into your community and to your home and to really making us feel um, just so like special here and so loved here and so just accepted 
here. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Um, and yeah, you'll have new music out on October 25th? 25th, yeah. October 25th. Um, so thank you, Ruben. Nice. Well, thank you. <laughs>